And congratulations to the new Blue Devils, the ACC Tournament Champions, for the 21st time. This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the diehard Duke basketball fans podcast, and the home of the 2019 ACC champions, mm-hmm. Chugga Chugga Choo Choo right. for FSU. The conductor <laughs> had a hell of a showing in his welcome back party in Charlotte. AC, break it down for us. I mean, could you could you have imagined anything other than him? coming in and just completely dominating. I mean, you saw the look on his face, and it wasn't for show. Like, you saw the look on his face when he was leaving the floor after Duke lost to UNC at Chapel Hill. Like, you could tell something was in the air. Something was brewing. That was, I mean, what else can you say What that hasn't been said already about what he means to this team? I mean, it was proven during the ACC tournament. Three games in three days. You know, we saw what happened in Maui. This team is much more mature than they were in Maui to be able to go through that three-game slate and come out of it the way they did. And, you know, quite honestly, other than the little comeback towards the end, they were pretty, you know, pretty strong against Florida State. There was one thing in particular I really loved, and that was when in the very, in the very beginning of the game, Zion went hard at Kumaji, the big seven-foot-nine giant that Leonard Hamilton seems to always have every single season. And he just went right at him and then was, you know, kind of talking some, talking some mess to him as he came down after Kumaji fouled him. And and you kind of knew, like, yeah, they're not backing down. They're going right at him. So that was, I mean, throughout the whole tournament, he was fantastic. RJ looked tired. Um, You know, Trey stepped up big in the the last game especially. Yeah, your boy Javin played some nice minutes down the stretch against FSU. And and overall, the team just did well. Like, I love the move with Goldwire and Vrank in in the second game against UNC. I love that move. It worked out well. Um, I guess Coach K does develop players after all because how the hell can you throw those two in in such a stage and never playing before, really, and especially never playing that lineup before, and they just fit right in. So there must be some development there somewhere. So I don't know, man. I, I liked it. I, there were some things that – this team is what they are. Like, they're never going to shoot well. They might have one game where they freak out and shoot, you know, almost 50% from three or something, and if they do that, good luck to whoever's playing them. But their defense is stout, and as long as they can play defense like that and rebound like that, the shooting won't be an issue. They'll be able to do what they do on the inside, on the interior. And they're they're definitely, to me, they're the best team going into the tournament right now. Yeah, you know, again, Duke did exactly what we said that they would do. They were going mm-hmm. to Charlotte. Zion was coming back, and we were going to win three games in three days and be the number one overall seed in the big dance. That's exactly what happened. And, yep. yeah, let's get that out of the uh, way right now. Props to Javin. He uh, played very well. <laughs> he played very well. I've been hard on him on this podcast, so I'm going to... Rightfully you know, so. Yeah, rightfully so. But, and, and he did frustrate me uh, in a couple games leading up to it. But he, uh, he, he had his best game probably in a Duke uniform uh, against Florida State. And then yeah. you mentioned Trey Jones. You know, I've, I've seen it a number of times since, you know, last night's game. He did his best impersonation of Tyus Jones mm-hmm. uh, on the biggest stage that he has been oh, yeah. on to this point. So if we can get that kind of production from Trey, we still need Tam offensively to you know provide provide us a little more than he's been giving us. Maybe maybe he's tired as well. I'm not sure, but I actually am happy that, and we'll get to uh, to the brackets uh, mm-hmm. later on. But I actually am happy that we're not playing till Friday. Give yeah. him a little bit more time to uh, to kind of you know 
rest up, rejuvenate, and get going. But let's talk about the FSU game particularly because mm-hmm. the, the play of the night for me, there were, there were, there were two plays. The first was that, that three-quarter bounce pass, court bounce it's pass sick, from Zion. I mean, what are you – I mean, that – Zion is six, seven, 270 pounds. You shouldn't be able to do something like that. I mean, that no basketball player should be able to do that. That was unbelievable. The angles that he had to make, you know, to, to create, to, to get that pass, like, it's like – everything about it, it's, it's one of those things – a friend of mine put it really kind of funny. He's like, he does things that you that you think about doing during a pickup game, and then you try to do it, but then you end up throwing the ball against the wall on the other side of the floor. Like he does those in game in the ACC tournament yeah. on a regular, like things like that on a regular basis. Man, he's just he's a video game. He's he's just what he what he does is incredible, and I'm glad we got to watch him in a Duke uniform. Like it's. That's, I mean, I can't say anything else other than that. Like, I'm just speechless yeah. with what he does. We're, we're, yeah, we're running out of superlatives for the guy. Yeah. He's unbelievable. And you know, I talk about, you know, that pass and then, you know, breaking up uh, for the steal when, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Jones is, is coming on the fast break. RJ's got it. Right back to Trey. Right back to RJ for the flush. FSU yep. had to fall timeout after that. I was going nuts when that was going on. Yep. Trey Jones was going nuts. The bench was going nuts. Zion started that play as well. It's mm-hmm. just the, the, the things that he does is what makes us so confident while Duke is, you know, just handing on for dear life at the end of the regular season, just waiting yep. to get him back. We, we, we were able to see the bigger picture here, and that is when he comes back, it makes the game so much easier for everybody else. Right. And that was on full display because he didn't have his A game against Florida State and still had 21 points and make some of the biggest plays of the night. And that's the beauty of what happened last night, because the one thing this whole season that you might be able to say about Duke is if they just pack the lane in so much and stop Zion from doing what he does, then you can stop this Duke team. And even on a hor- horrendous shooting night from, from outside, they still, they still had you know, a double-digit lead and they were, you know, were cruising until that little small comeback by FSU. So that's that to me is the the best sign of what this team can do. I don't I don't I don't see us blowing out a top tier team like Kentucky again, like we did to, to begin the season, unless we are shooting crazy from three. But I, I absolutely think this team can survive now at this point just about anything. That they're just about anything this team has can face at this point, they can survive it. Because because of what Zion does, because of what RJ does, you know, as tired as, he's, as he has seemed the past few games, he's still been on the boards, hustling, played great defense yesterday against Kevin Gelly at times. You know, outside of Kevin Gelly being hot from three, RJ was playing him really well down low and Kofor as well. I, I, I like it all. Like Cam, we need do we need Cam to shoot well? No. What we need Cam not to do is turn the ball over. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think if if Cam takes you know ten shots and misses eight of them, we can survive. But if Cam takes ten shots, and misses eight, and also has seven turnovers, that's going to be difficult. And and that's right. going to be something that we're going to have you know we're going to have trouble withstanding because you know that UNC game was a lot closer than it should have been, primarily because of Cam's turnovers at times. So you know that that's the thing I would love to see if he can get straightened out, maybe simplify his role a little bit more put him in the role that you have Alex. I mean, he's still going to draw a good defender, but at the very least, you know, just kind of keep him 
keep him as one of those guys that you can kind of get to get the ball to, you know, off the third pass or something like that. You know what I mean? The, the third set. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with cam I, at this point. I'm, I'm not expecting him to just have some amazing tournament, but I, I do think that he can give us some nice things. He's such a talented player. It, it's stupid to say that he can't give us something. So, yeah, it's it just this team is going to be able to survive a lot of nonsense. They'll be able to survive a lot of things. So I love it. I love how how this team is shaped up. Yeah, this team this team is you know something that we've said you know throughout the year is this team can beat you a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. And what I loved the most about this team, and it was on display Friday night against UNC at the end. If we need a stop, we can get a stop. Yep. And that was our problem last year, and it's you know been the problem you know for for years past especially the Jabari Parker team, we just couldn't mm-hmm. get stops when Correct. we needed them or we would give up too many offensive rebounds. We we got the stops we needed. It would have been nice to see RJ make those two free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he was killing himself for, for not knocking them down, but I've seen him make those free throws before this season. So it, it's not the top of my concern. And and I was happy you know, with the, the defense that was played at the end of uh, that game against UNC. Yeah. But, you know, as, as, as a Lace the Tam, I think we're going to see him on a little bit of a shorter leash. Uh, you saw that against UNC. Mm-hmm. You know, K can't you know go out there and trust him. He's going to be turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. On Saturday night against FSU, he cleaned that up though. So it seems like he's he's you know very similar to this team where they learn very quickly. They right. learn quickly what they can and cannot be doing to stay to stay out on the on the floor. Um, you know, quick shout out to Jordan Goldwire. Absolutely. He played excellent uh, against UNC. You know, I, I thought that the minutes that he provided were crucial to uh, our success in, in winning that game. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if I was just saying, right, if Duke had lost that game, holy smokes, man! I, I think Duke Nation would have just imploded. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Because that, as, as much you know, as much as we've talked about how UNC hasn't faced this team at full strength, it you know. It would it would have been a difficult pill to swallow to talk that much about that and then go out and lose that game in, in that atmosphere and in that environment in such such a high level game at that like that's I mean there there was there was quite a few mistakes that were made that game but in general that was a very high level game that was played it was it was fun to watch yeah it was and I thought we did everything that we needed to not play in our best to still find a way to win. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can ask for for a young team, and and we just keep, you know, picking up the notches on the old belt in terms of experience. Yep. And you know, all these experiences that we've gone through are going to come in handy at some point in this tournament. Yeah. So congrats to Duke, congrats to our fans, the ACC champions. Notice I didn't say ACC tournament champions. I said the ACC champions Correct. because that is what. You know the tournament is so we're, we're the 2019 ACC champion. Absolutely. And what happened? We get the number one overall seed. And let's kick things off on the tournament edition of the Five Point Play podcast. Yes, sir. And start right in the East region where Duke will be the number one overall seed. Let's play. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us in this in this region? Break it down for the fans. This uh, the the East region is. Definitely, I, I might not say it's the toughest region, but there's definitely you have a lot of good teams in the East region, and uh, yeah, you got to draw at Virginia Tech, uh, possibly in the Sweet 16. On the other side of it, looking at a really hot, you know, LSU team despite the loss, but you know, a team without a coach that's going to be difficult for them to maneuver through this tournament. 
they you know the, the committee decided to troll everyone and put Louisville in on this this side of the bracket. But you know, I, I, who knows if they get as far as the face Duke because then you have Michigan State kind of staring down at the uh, from that two seed. And you know, quite honestly, I, I I like I like our I like the seeds that we're playing against. I, I really hate and despise having to play or possibly play Virginia Tech in the tournament. It's just a nightmare for me. I don't like it, but you know it is what it is. That's life, and that's what you have to deal with sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but Michigan State to me is—I think they're the most overrated two seed in, in the whole tournament. So you know the, the road—the road to a Duke championship. The past few championships that we've won has gone through Michigan State. So I, I do like seeing them in our bracket again. Yeah, you know, I just kind of wish we were in Minneapolis again. I guess we'll see. We'll be in Minneapolis at the end. So this is—it's it, almost like serendipity for for a Duke championship here. I love it. Um, you know, you have the little the possibility of the the Durham first round matchup between Duke and North Carolina Central. Um, they have to play North Dakota State in that playing game. We'll kind of see who comes out of that. But I, I really I don't see a reason why Duke doesn't come out of this bracket. In, in my opinion, I really don't. Um, Tech is going to be a difficult game, especially with Justin Robinson back. You, know, you get past that, and then you know your your, t- your toughest look is against Michigan State, and I, I'll take that. I'll I'll take that out of this whole tournament if that's if that's Duke's toughest look to get to the Elite Eight I'll take it. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 not an easy setup, but nothing is going to be handed to you. Right. Um, obviously, you know we expect to be in BC in uh, the Sweet 16, and I I do agree. I think that we're going to be playing Virginia Tech. I'm not going to put you on the spot, and I'm not going to you know ask <laughs> you what you're, you're going to be wearing to that game or anything like that. I know what I'll be wearing to that game because I will be there. <laughs> Um, I'll be I'll be dressed in all my new gear, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna you know tell you what. what but that's gonna be like, you're right though. Let's talk about Virginia Tech real quick um, mm-hmm. and that possibility of a Sweet 16 matchup with Robinson back. Mm-hmm. How does he integrate into Virginia Tech's offense? This is gonna be one that's gonna it's gonna be interesting. And you saw it you saw it at the end of the Florida State game, and this is what he offers. Nikhil Alexander Walker is an, an exceptional player. He deserves all the. He de- probably deserves more accolades than he got this year for what he's done with this team, especially with Robinson going down. He kind he was kind of like RJ in the fact that he had to wear a lot of hats this year, and was once Robinson went down, he really was never able to be the player he truly was. So I think he's gonna. You're gonna see him kind of thrive in those first two games because he's gonna have you know he's gonna have Justin Robinson back. He's gonna have five back, and that le- that allows him to come off the ball, which he, he's much more comfortable doing. So, you know, that's for, for anybody facing tech, that's that's not a great prospect because you do. Yeah, that's that's a, an NBA caliber player who gets to do what he does. And the other thing about tech is they are a significantly good shooting three point team. Duke has the, the two best three point shooting teams in the nation, in my opinion, in their bracket in Belmont and in Virginia Tech. And, you know, and the, the thing with tech is if they if they have an off night, they're gonna struggle a little bit with some teams. I don't. I won't go as far as to say as they'll lose to some of those lower seeds. But if they don't have a great shooting night, it's definitely gonna be a tougher game for them. But if they're firing on all cylinders and hitting every shot they put up, then they're they're one of the toughest teams in the nation. I, I think that is something that Duke can withstand. Other teams might not, but I think Duke can withstand a, a really hot shooting tech team. But it would absolutely would be a, a barn burner type of game. But they're tough, man. They're tough. They don't they don't rebound exceptionally well. But we saw in that game with Duke that when they need to step up, they can. But you know, we'll we'll have the X factor this time, and and Zion will be will be playing. He will be in the building this time. So that's that's something that you you cannot. You, there's nobody on the scout team that can can emulate what Zion gives you. So 
it's 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 you know for anybody duke duke is the matchup for anybody duke, duke doesn't have to match up to anyone they have to match up to duke so yeah it yeah i mean should should best game versus best game duke should absolutely win that game but you know this is the tournament who knows what happens but i, I do see duke moving forward i do um i, I don't see anybody upsetting virginia tech on the way there though so that's going to be a really fun and really high caliber sweet 16 game and the acc is so good this year man so yeah yeah, yeah you know, belmont yeah, I mean it's it's tough, man. We'll see what happens. We'll see what these teams are going through. Belmont's one of my favorite teams. Watching them in the conference championships, they you know had an unfortunate game against Murray State, but they're they're really good. They're a lot better than I think people understand or realize. They they're in the tournament for a reason. They're really good. Yeah, and and they will be a sexy pick to upset Maryland, assuming that they get past Temple on uh, I guess it'll be what Tuesday or Wednesday night. So yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, kind of wrapping this one up. I uh, you know what. His team was built for, for this situation. Yep. Um, I don't see anything barring catastrophe um, stopping us at this point. I got Duke moving out of the East, and I think they uh, beat up on uh, Michigan State in the Elite Eight and, yep. you know, punched the, uh, the first hit into the Final Four. And so let's, let's move over then from the East Coast to the West Coast That's and talk about the Gonzaga Bulldogs who did get that last number one seed Talk about mm-hmm. their bracket for a little bit here. How 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 does their road look to get through all the way to Minneapolis to face Duke for a second time? They they might have the toughest bracket for them. You know, for for another team, some of the teams they'd face, yeah, you wouldn't like you wouldn't worry about UVA against Virginia or UVA against uh, Syracuse or UNC even against Syracuse, some of the things like that. But a team like Gonzaga and and not playing really against many zone teams in their in their conference slate and and you really can't simulate what Bayheim does in the zone in practice that's going to be a tough a tough possible matchup there with Syracuse and Gonzaga if, if that one does come to fruition and uh, and I really do think it should you know Murray State's everybody's kind of fun 512 pick cuz every year 512 the 12 goes through or whatever but you know this time around Marcus Howard I think he can kind of neutralize what John Morant does. And the one thing in watching Murray State some this season, he he does so much and his stats are so eye-popping, you know, double-double with assists and everything. But against a good defensive team, his his guys don't really create a lot of shots for themselves. Like it's it's really him, him kind of going to work. So, you know, if Marquette, if if Wojo can kind of get get that team focused on defense, they've been kind of unfocused the last month of the season. That's you know that that's a game I think Marquette should win. Not quite honestly, instead of not can win, they should win that game. But then you have Florida State, and Florida State is a team right now that is like that's like a two seed masquerading as a four, and that's going to be very difficult. So that that's a that's the matchup I'm really looking forward to possibly seeing in that Sweet 16 with Gonzaga and and FSU on that top side of the bracket. Bottom side of the bracket, you know Buffalo is there, and Buffalo is tough, but. Texas Tech is also there, another tough team. Like this bracket, the West bracket in the past has always been kind of the cupcake bracket, everybody says, you know, whatever. But this year it's it is brutal, man. Like Nevada kind of sucks right now. They they've been limping into the end of the season. But you know, you're staring at Michigan down there at the bottom, you're staring at Texas Tech. Like Gonzaga doesn't have it easy. And, you know, they 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 it's been a long time since they faced really good competition. And you saw what happened to them against St. Mary's. You know, you you stop them from from getting their easy threes with Zach Norvell and Perkins up top, and kind of force them into one on one basketball. I, I think you can you can kind of stop some of the things they like to do. And there's 
quite a few teams in this bracket that can do that. Michigan is a great defensive team. Texas Tech may be the best defensive team in the nation outside of UVA. Buffalo plays surprising defense at times, but they're more of an offensive juggernaut. Gonzaga doesn't have it easy, man, and I don't know that they come out of this bracket. Yeah, um, you know, you kind of laid it all out there, and I, you know, I'm going to be someone of a homer here, but I think I'm, I, I think Florida State is ready to to go to war. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they gave us everything that they could handle, that we could handle, and I think that they're going to do the same thing to Gonzaga. And I actually have them upsetting Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I like Texas Tech actually coming out of the West. I think Culver, uh, you know, is going to be the best player in this region. And yep. I think that uh, that'll be the difference maker when they go out to play Florida State. I think that's a bad matchup for, for Florida State. Mm-hmm. And so I have – it'll be a tight game, but I have uh, Texas Tech playing Duke. So it would be a rematch, but a yep. different rematch. It's, you know, Duke has played so many of these teams. I know right? uh, that we that we expect to to go pretty far in this tournament. It just goes to show you that the the schedule that we had was unbelievable, and and how we were able to navigate it. And I, yeah. I know the coach Payne won't get any coach of the year uh, votes, but it, it's it's pretty remarkable to see um, you know the amount of quality teams that are going to be in the CCC teams in the Elite Eights that Duke has already played. So yeah, so give me uh, Texas Tech coming out of the West, and let's yeah, move expect- all the way over. Uh, yeah, I haven't made my pick yet. Let me make my okay, pick. Because well, I'm going got? different. I'm going different. I am going okay. – I think I'm going Michigan out of that bracket. Wow. I'm going Michigan that. out of that bracket, man. Wow. That's – the, the thing I like about Texas Tech is that they do have a go-to player in Culver. Culver is a go-to scorer, and that's something that you need in the tournament. That's the thing I think that ultimately dooms Florida State from getting to to the Final Four which they absolutely are Final Four caliber team, but a big deal is made about how how spread out their offense is. But the problem with the team that has an offense that's so spread out is when you really need a shot, who do you go to? Because if if everybody's scoring or if one of your top guys isn't having a good night but everyone else can pick up his slack, you know he might not necessarily be able to just pick it up, whereas you have some dominant scorers, who dominant players who can just go get a bucket when they need a bucket. That ultimately dooms Florida State. Culver is that for Texas Tech, but that's all they have on offense. I think with Michigan, what they offer with Brezdakis and 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 Matthews and some of their guys, man, they're tough. I, I see Michigan. I see Michigan going through. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I see that coming from you. Yeah, I see Michigan going through. Fair enough. Uh, well, you're wrong. Okay. Uh, now let's go <laughs> to the, uh, the the South. That's why. Um, right. And so we got UVA, the expected. Uh, number one over there, and mm-hmm. you know Tennessee. That that should be a juicy matchup. That's going to be a UVA versus Tennessee matchup is what I would hope to see in the Elite Eight, just because I think that would be the best matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, walk us through this bracket. Yeah, this is by far up until the Elite Eight the easiest bracket that that there is. Yeah. But then that Elite that Elite Eight game, if it is UVA and Tennessee, is is going to be a wild wild game because those are two really high profile teams and really good teams. I mean, you know, Jordan Bowen is a great, great point guard for Tennessee. UVA has, you know, Kyle, we know who they have, Kyle Guy, Jerome, DeAndre Hunter. They're they're fully healthy going into the tournament this time, whereas last year they didn't have Hunter. So it'll be it'll be nice to see them going into the tournament as a as a, a full team and and really see what this UVA team can do and see what they're really made of in this type of environment. Um, you know, we're robbed the robbed of that a little bit with that UMBC game last year, but you know, it is what it is that the rest of that, that bracket, man, is just trash to me, man. Like Gardner Webb yeah. is a tough 16. I thought they might've been a, a, a 15 or a 14 or 15 even, but what does that matter? Like 
you know, you can you can say that, but all that means is that they'd still get whooped by UVA as they should. So I, I don't see that being any kind of a close matchup. Purdue as a three is a joke. <laughs> like I don't I don't know how they squeezed a three over Florida State, quite honestly. Like that's that's just a joke of them as a three. I, so I, I don't know how the Big Ten had more teams in than the ACC did. Correct. Correct. That what I mean, I, what am I missing there? Like the I mean NC State, granted, NC State was not, you know, they, they didn't finish the season well, and they uh, to me, they didn't deserve a spot, and neither did Clemson. But, yeah, you're right, though. Like, Ohio State, questionable. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Like, that's that was weird, them getting more, and they were not the better conference. And I think that, to, that, that just further bolsters, I like the fact that we have MSU in our bracket as our two, like, I, I yeah. do like that a lot. <laughs> like that that makes me feel good because MSU is the best of of kind of a sloppy conference and a sloppy group. So it yeah, it is what it is, I guess. And and the Big Ten kind of always they 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 always get the benefit of that when it comes to tournament time. But yeah, I'm I'm glad Indiana didn't make it through. I was kind of pissed if Indiana was going to make it in over Belmont, but they didn't. So that that makes me that makes me happy, I guess. But yeah, no, that's Purdue as a three is a joke. That's that's laughable. The UVA's bracket is easy until they get to Tennessee. And do you see Villanova doing anything in this? Nah, they've been yeah. they've they've been they've been pretty bad all season. They they came back and won won their conference tournament, but I mean yeah, Jay Wright, it's not it's not your typical Jay Wright team. They have some scrappy guys, but congratulations for big, winning the big least. Like yeah. <laughs> like that's that's yeah. I don't know. That's good job. Congratulations, UVA. Congratulations yeah, yeah, gonna, to your bracket. Yeah, I was going to say, there's really not much to talk about. This is by far the weakest uh, yeah. weakest bracket of, of all four. Um, so do you It'll have UVA? With Ethan Happ in Wisconsin. If okay. they get through, if Ethan Happ in Wisconsin gets through to play UVA, I'm at least not really interested to see about an upset because I, I, in no place on the planet do I imagine Wisconsin beating UVA. But Ethan Happ can't make a shot outside of two feet, but for some reason, no one can stop him from making a shot within two feet. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if he can if he keeps that up and and see if if UVA kind of stops what Wisconsin wants to do. If they do, then that's going to be a, a a seventy to thirty game if they can stop him. But you know it'll be interesting to see that. But other than that, I don't think there's really any intriguing matchups on this side. Yeah, I, I think that the only thing that can stop UVA in this bracket is game pressure. You mm-hmm. know, they have mm-hmm. you know some of those games where they're you know down by six. That might as well be, you know, a 12 uh, yep. to, to UVA. So uh, I, I still don't see it happening. I think that this is UVA's uh, year to final and get to the final four. So mm-hmm. I got, I got, I got UVA beating uh, Tennessee in the Elite Eight. It would be a Same. really good game, and I think it'd be like a 65 to like 60 type of type of game. But that's kind of yep. UVA's bread and butter. So um, yeah, so I got UVA, and then. Let's finish this one out with uh, the Midwest, and this is going to be mm-hmm. interesting. So we have, you know, Carolina, obviously, deservedly so, uh, yep. getting, you know, the, the third number one. And I'm glad that they didn't balk at putting three ACC teams and uh, as one seeds. I think that that was the right thing to do. Yep. I, I don't see this bracket being that difficult either, to be honest with you. Not yeah, again, not until the Elite Eight. Like if they play if they play Kentucky, Kentucky's kind of a hot team right now and they can get up and down the floor with UNC and they have a a, a defensive point guard who can create havoc a little bit for, for Kobe White in in Ashton Hagens. So you do like that matchup right there. 
I think that's in this bracket. That's the team that can match up with UNC the best. I I actually do. I am intrigued to see if Utah State at least gives Carolina a game. That that is a team that is a that's a phenomenal squad, and and it really shows that a team in that in that small of a conference was able to to get an eight seed. That kind of shows you what the committee thought about Utah State all season. They're really good. They are really good, and they score a lot of points, and they can get up and down the floor as well. So I, I would like to see them. Yeah, I think they should beat Washington, and I would like to see them beat Washington and get through and play UNC because I think that does give the heels at least a little bit of a test. And I, I think I think that'll be a fun game to watch. Auburn's defense is going to be something that if, if UNC sees them in the Sweet 16, their defense can can give a little bit of problem to Carolina, and they have those two guards in Harper and Brown that really can fill it up. You saw that in, in their conference championship. They can they can put points on the board and in a hurry too. So that's that's another one. I, I do not want to see Carolina in the Final Four with Duke. I don't, and I don't want to see them get to the initial championship game with Duke. I don't want to see it. And I am just I'm I'm really just hoping that these teams are gonna beat Carolina because I just it's something I don't even want to even think about. So I think those are those are some fun matchups on the top side of Carolina's bracket. On the bottom, you you're looking at Houston and you're looking at Kentucky. Uh, you know, Wofford's a good team. Don't see them getting out of the second round, but Wofford is a good team. Iowa State can beat anybody in the nation at times, but again, they're a team that's kind of limped into where they are now. So I don't see them getting. But Houston has too a little bit. Their past couple games in their tournament didn't look great. But they still are a, a fantastic team, and they they also get up and down the floor. This is, that's the scoring bracket. The Midwest, if you got to play some overs, play them in the Midwest because that's where you're going to see that's where you're going to see some points in this tournament. So um, it'll it'll be fun. There's, it's going to be a fun tournament to watch. And ultimately, I I don't want them to get through, but ultimately, I do see Carolina getting through to the Final Four. I don't want it. I don't like yeah. it, but I, I I see it happening. Yeah, I, I see uh, three ACC teams in the final four, and, yeah. and I was close to putting FSU in there as well, <laughs> and, and, have, and having four of them. So all ACC uh, final four. Yeah, you know, I, I liked the, the the Utah State comment. I think that it would at least make it interesting. But you know, Carolina has so much firepower that yeah, um, you know, it would be it would be solid to see them go up against uh, Bruce Pearl and Auburn. I think that yeah. that would be a decent matchup, but I still think that. Uh, you know, as the game wears on, they'll just they'll just wear Auburn down, and yep. so I think they'll you know they might have a test for about thirty minutes or so, but then pull away. You know, Kobe White is so good um, yep. that I just don't see anybody in this bracket beating them. I think that they will meet Houston uh, in the Elite Eight. I think mm. Houston beats uh, Kentucky. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got Houston coming there to the Elite okay. Eight, but. Uh, unfortunately, I reluctantly uh, yeah, nah, agree with you that <laughs> I, I have uh, UNC uh, join the party uh, up in Minneapolis, and that's going to make for a very, very, very intense uh, <laughs> set of games. Yeah. Uh, and, and and honestly, if you're if you're in the building and you know you want Duke to play the first game, right? You, know, you don't want to play the the <laughs> the second game after UNC. Oh no. So oh, no. Uh, play the first game. Win, get it over with, and then root your heart out against uh, against UNC. Yeah, and um, you know, hopefully that that happens. But yeah, the, the interesting thing about Carolina is just that they're they're in a way they're like Duke in that they just they're not like 
they're not a great three point shooting team. They have guys who hit three point shots very well. Like Cam, Cam Johnson is a great three point shooter. Don't get me wrong there. But everyone else outside of him, they're not great. Like Luke, Luke gets his threes off of off of kind of broken plays and kickouts. So you know he's not spotting up, uh, you know, off the dribble or anything. And then Kobe, he's either hitting or he's not. You know, it just depends on that lip if that thing is curled underneath or not. So it's you know they they survive a lot of things. So yeah, I mean, and, ugh, I'm with you. And they get through. It's just ugh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. Hey, let's, we're not going to end the podcast on that kind of note. That's, oh, no, that, no, we're, no, the, no. we're the ACC champions. Yes, we are. And, for a reason. Yeah, and, and that reason is the conductor himself, Zion Williamson. That guy is unbelievable. He's like no player that I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. He's the hero that we needed and the hero that we deserved. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad that we got him for three more games in the ACC. And I'm hoping that we get him for six more games. I expect to get six more games out of him and taking us all the way to Minneapolis. But Absolutely. the train's first stop is in Columbia, South Carolina, Friday. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's get this thing started. This is our tournament, and it starts Friday for Duke. Go Duke. Go Duke. <laughs>